Well, away we go. This is podcast number 279, entitled The Ballad of Marianne and Paula. And you've just heard that 1967, I think it was the second top ten hit by Neil Diamond, entitled Cherry Cherry, a song that made an immediate impact when I first heard it on a kind of a carpool to school early one morning that year it came out and one said to oneself, gosh, that's got a, that's, that's catchy. That's very catchy. I want to hear that again. And, um, the uh, odd experience was this morning to be awakened out of a sound sleep around 3.30, and the word came overwhelmingly to me, get up and record a new podcast. I mean, do it out of uh, love and uh, real affection for uh, Josh and David Babacow and uh, the Mockingbirders and anyone else who might, Ryan and so many others who seem to enjoy what I'm trying to say. But the not only the summons to speak, the songs, uh, the situation in which I had in the, in the dream was positive. I found myself in a movie that was good, a movie that I recognized that was not dark or ambivalent or sort of like Clute or something. I mean, it, 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 it was good, but, but, but lovely and terrific. And I had a very benign, happy sort of mood, got up, and then I I had very much on my heart something I wanted to talk about. And this is the, what I'm talking about, I'm sort of riffing off of The Battle of Jack and Diane, remember, by John Cougar, Mellencamp, um, that third name, and also um, The Battle of Yoko and John and The Ballad of. And uh, so I'm thinking about Marianne Williamson and um, my uh, great... Um, the one that I received, from whom I received so much in the Spirit of God, Pastor Paula White Kane. But I was thinking about Mary Ann Williamson in connection with her. Now, I've talked about her. I've mentioned her in a cast. And um, I won't uh, make a political statement. That's not what this is about. Um, but I am very, very struck by something she did yesterday. I, I've listened to a lot of her recent talks. And, you know, gosh, I remember when Catherine Ash first sort of forced into my hand in 1979 a copy of uh, Marianne Williamson's uh, um, notes on A Course in Miracles, and I remember thinking, well, this is sort of sounds like kind of new thought. I mean, it wasn't really Orthodox Christianity, and yet there was a lot of Jesus Christ in it, for heaven's sake, and there was a lot of good in it, and it certainly had had the impact on someone whom I respected and whom uh, I baptized at her request. And uh, I'd like to say that... Um, when Paula did something last week over her Twitter and Instagram that was really um, sort of wonderfully shocking and bold, one was utterly dumbfounded to realize last night that Marianne Williamson had done almost exactly the same thing, but from, a, you might say, a different practice or a different kind of mood swing in the world of religion, but a, a, but but that it's almost the same thing because it it evinces faith as opposed to uh, <clears throat> as opposed to what basically lies under almost all the kind of atheism you get in quote secular thought and media overwhelming today in the public face of the media overwhelming in the public the persona of the governing, ruling ways of thinking, which David Zoll has so, I think, perceptively unmasked um, in his book, Seculosity. 
Marianne Williamson did something that was utterly counterintuitive. Uh, she got so much, such a howl of attack from people uh, who are on the what she now calls the secular left. She herself, who is very left-wing from a policy point of view, very left-wing from a policy point of view, and yet from a religious point of view, she is at the very heart of the human predicament. She's at the very heart of the hope of redemption and the power of faith in that which is above ourselves. You might say that which is in ourselves, but certainly that which is non-characteristic of a, of a this-world perspective entirely, a, a much more transcendent view. And, um, when when uh, when Marianne Williamson uh, did something comparable, parallel to what Paula White had done a week ago, I was absolutely, um, my breath was taken away, and I want to say what it was. Now, we're in the middle of this huge drama of uh, Hurricane Dorian, and by the time you hear this podcast, it'll be superannuated. Um, but it, it's a common thing, the the uh, tremendous hyping of, a, of an event that is uncertain. And we, of course, are profoundly um, aware of the fact that this uh, storm... Uh, destroyed islands in the Bahamas and uh, had a potency of, uh, of, of, of a shocking character. And that's why I'm so delighted to see that Paula and many, 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 many others are now focused in a relief effort towards especially the particular island where the worst damage was, which is absolutely real. I mean, remember, Mary and I lived under and through from beginning to end and well before Hurricane Hugo, so we're not unaware of what can be involved in a deadly storm. And yet, what I found, what often happens with these things, is the, the actual damage that is done by a highly bruited and noised um, event uh, in, in the way it's looked at in publicly, um, the actual damage is usually done on the side or in an unknown quarter, as in the Bahamas, Whereas the uh, all the damage that people think is going to be done, or this sort of this vast mental hurricane of prognosis of of ill that is so deep seated and thorough, uh, often those it, it it it's a with a whimper. It ends with a whimper. So I'm notwithstanding the extraordinarily heartbreaking damage which we must work on to rectify and aid and uh, bring humanitarian and all kinds of uh, help and encouragement to in the Bahamas. But what was so striking is that in a sort of media-slash-social-media-slash-cultural moment of, uh, of a panic that seemed to be egged on over something that was very clearly in exaggeration of the facts themselves as we were following it in terms of all the tracks and everything. And I'm a skeptic about this. I'm, a, I'm skeptic because I'm a skeptic about everything, because almost everything, there's an agenda behind everything. There's a, there's a subjective reason that everything is, uh, is um, uh, um, emphasized. One thing is forgotten and something else is emphasized. Someone was quoting me very brilliantly, I thought, from The Godfather, a line where, where I think one of the per persons says to the Marlon Brando character, The Godfather, well, you know, we got to separate business from the personal. Uh, Don Corleone, we, we, surely we, we, uh, I like to separate the business from the personal. And uh, then The Godfather says, no, everything is personal. <laughs> Everything is personal. Everything has a subjective, highly subjective element. There's a, there's a reason subjectively for all these things. But what was so counterintuitive, so powerfully, uh, radically countercultural was the tweet that um, first uh, Paula 
sent out last week as the storm was, quote, churning and having uh, central Florida had uh, a, a mark on its back, what do you call it, and um, the hurricane was going to absolutely nail us and destroy us all. And I have a house there, and this is my home, is central Florida. And then, um, and then uh, now you hear other words about it, and, and this is what uh, Paula tweeted Please come in agreement with us to pray Hurricane Dorian loses its strength before hitting land. In the name of Jesus, please come in agreement with us to pray Hurricane Dorian loses its strength before hitting land in the name of Jesus! Exclamation point. Well, at the time that struck me as I read it, I couldn't believe it. Now you, you may that may sound relatively um, harmless, but. I have spent my entire life in ministry with the rubric that you never pray for the weather because of the religious justification for not praying for it was the fact that the Jesus said that the sun shines on the just and the unjust and the rains fall on the just and the unjust. Therefore, focus on, on, on the inner part of the subjective element in uh, uh, goodness and hope and eternity and uh, therefore praying for the weather is um, kind of is, is fruitless and really insignificant and unimportant that was usually covering the idea well how can anyone pray for the weather because it, do I have the faith to pray for the weather and there was always that little piece in the corner to quote uh, beyond the fringe that little piece in the corner which is where Jesus very plainly says um, peace be still to the storm. Peace be still. Oh my gosh. Um, and he calmed the storm. We were at a, uh, at a, um, the exhibit last year of Delacroix, Eugène Delacroix at the Met. And um, there must have been, gosh, there must be six paintings that Delacroix did, wonderful paintings of Jesus stilling the storm. Not the Rembrandt one of Jesus asleep in the storm, but Jesus actually getting up and quelling the storm. I always remember thinking, my gosh, why did he focus on that particular incident? Well, um, I think I'm sure that Paula's uh, tweet uh, came under the, uh, the uh, greater things than these uh, shall you do came under her faith that it would be possible to pray that Hurricane Dorian loses its strength before hitting land. Later on, I think she said something to the effect of, um, um, we are we are praying that the D D Dorian will go back uh, into the sea from where it came. This is what I always tell my grandchildren about the Kraken at our Lake Butler house in uh, in Florida. I say, well, the Kraken will come out of the. I say to Jane or Daphne or the other children, the Kraken, the great ancient mythological monster will emerge from Lake Butler. And this is what you say to him. You say, Kraken, by the power of Zeus, I abjure you to go back from whence you came. Well, uh, that was sort of uh, the mythological uh, abjuration of uh, the terrible monster from the great Greek myth. And, and here, uh, in a way, Pastor Paul was uh, reflecting that language that the storm would go back from whence it came. And, you know, uh, as she said, I said, you know, that prayer is going to be answered. That's what I said to myself. I said, that prayer, because it's so outrageous. I mean, that's faith. She she hasn't prayed it before. I follow her, her work. I, I follow her work very closely. I follow her tweets, her Instagrams, her sermons, her classes, her book, and so forth. And I uh, I don't remember her doing this before. I'm sure she has, but I, I have no evidence of that. All I know is that in this particular case, as far as Apopka, Florida was concerned, as far as Central Florida was concerned, 
Pastor Paula was um, uh, inviting uh, the reader to come into agreement with her to pray that the hurricane would lose its strength before hitting land and thanking God and, and later on that it would um, go back from whence it had come and God would take it back. And you know that a prayer was answered. Now you're going to say to me, you're going to abstract it and say, well, what about people in the Bahamas? What about the potential for hitting Cape Hatteras? What about all the other hurricanes, Sandy and so forth? And what about this and that? And you're, you're, you're immediately going to go into your head. You're going to immediately go into your, don't go into your head. All she did was pray for the hurricane from the standpoint of living in central Florida to go to lose its strength and to go back into the sea, which is exactly what it did. All I know is what I know. You know, the Pharisees tried to tell the man who's been healed, who was born blind. Well, how can this be? Because it, we know in in the law that this is true and that's true and this is true and all these things uh, co- conflict with the, what's happened to you say what's happened to you so it simply cannot be true that you that Jesus of Nazareth has restored your sight and he says well all of those various arguments relevant to the law relevant to the practice relevant to what can and cannot be true who what is the Messiah when and if and so forth and so on all of that may be true in a in a, a principal sense in a in a larger broad sense but all I know is that once I was blind. But now I see. And all I know, I'm speaking as Paul here, PZ, is that um, I was really upset and deeply, deeply in despair about the possibility, since we just had one two two years ago, of a dock being destroyed and major damage in our own life and extended family and the people we love and know in in Winter Garden and beyond in Florida and poor Stu, you know, and Chrissy at uh, All Saints Winter Park. And then and then to have this. And I knew it as soon as she said it. I said, it must be right to pray that we will be spared. I, I don't know about anything else. This one thing I know, now I was blind and now I see. Well, well, come to find out, um, poor, uh, poor Marianne Williamson is running for president of the United States. And let me just have a gulp of coffee. Mary says, I gulp atrociously. It's just, you know, it's when my sister said when I was a little boy eating grapes and crunching the seeds, she said, Paul, your personal habits are alienating us all. Well, I just gulped. But um, Marianne Williamson tweeted the following, and she, uh, uh, it was then deleted from her Twitter account. Um, but then she followed up with another Twitter. Let me say what she said. The Bahamas, Florida, Georgia, and the Carolinas may all be in our prayers now. Millions of us seeing Dorian turn away from land is not a wacky idea. It is a creative use of the power of the mind. Two minutes of prayer, visualization, meditation for those in the way of the storm. I believe that tweet was 821 on the morning on September the 4th. Now, um... It is a creative use of the power of mind. Millions of us seeing Dorian turn away from whence you came. It's not a wacky idea. Well, I said, my gosh, here's here's Marianne, who's thought to be sort of the the, the wacky, wacky. She's portrayed by the. the it's so interesting because she's actually very left wing in policy. But people, for some reason, she's very very threatening to non religious people who apparently are, are in charge because from Newsweek to Time to the New York Times to the New Yorker, everybody just pile on immediately and you this as a pretext to once again dismiss her as some kind of wacky guru. And new age is not the right word for her. If there is a word, it would be more akin to something like Christian science slash new thought. Um, It's not the same thing as uh, the way uh, she's attacked from the right and the left. But interestingly enough, her her attacks from the left are so vicious uh, and they sort of come from her 
her co-belligerents, her, her co-religionists, policy-wise, and yet she's attacked bitterly. And she was so attacked that it was removed. But then she tweeted um, at 3.21 p.m., I think the same day, having... Um, Amidst that tweet, Marianne Williamson said this, I was born and raised in Texas, so I've seen it. Millions of people today are praying that Dorian turn away from land. And treating those people with mockery or condescension because they believe it could help is part of how the overly secularized left has lost lots of voters. Well, now you see, that's very, see, I, I believe that, 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 that Dorian uh, was turned away from Central Florida. Uh, you can say all you want about a million abstractions and go into your head. I'm not in my head. I'm, I'm, I prayed with Paula White out of deep concern in my own life and my own situation. And um, I saw it. It stayed way away. The path was way away. And I suspect the same will be true today, but I can't say it. I don't know it. It may hit. But I know that once I was blind and now I see and I saw it happen this week. So I builds my faith because I'm, I mean, Christ prayed this way for crying out loud. And um, he prayed it with, with, with uh, in, in the context of a true crisis affecting himself, his mission and his disciples. Peace be still. And he calmed the storm. And so Marianne Williamson um, elicited from me an enormously sympathetic reaction. And uh, when she said, and don't treat people who pray that Dorian would turn away from land with mockery or condescension because they believe it could help. And then she talks about the overly secularized left. I mean, yeah, this is not a political statement. I can, I, I'm, I'm against drones. You know, I've, I, I'm totally against um, pro preemptive strikes. I've, I, I got incredible heat in, uh, in the city where I once served as dean of a cathedral for coming out against the or both the Iraq War and. Uh, the Iran, I mean, oh my gosh, uh, all the talks of preemptive attacks on Saddam Hussein, et cetera, et cetera, Libya, and because I don't believe, I could not uh, jibe that with the, the Christian faith as I understand it, and the same with drones, and I was publicizing all that, but now because I, I'm traditional on one or two, not just one, maybe two or three uh, social issues, that's completely forgotten. Well, uh, Marianne Williamson is uh, is more uh, is very left, but she talks about the overly secularized. It's not about policy. Um, it's not about. It, it's about really atheism, and it's about a lack of faith. And I personally um, am of the view that Dorian uh, was held a hundred miles away from the um, the coast, <laughs> um, including South Florida, Central Florida. Jacksonville uh, because of the prayers of those like Paula and Marianne Williamson. So this is sort of the Battle of Jack and Diane. Now, how do I end this podcast? Well, I'm going to end it with um, uh, uh, that song that I love so much, Brother Love's Traveling Salvation Show, which um, I'm, by the way, just a short, uh, a short clip of it, not the whole song, just a clip to get you going. But I heard it, David said, you got to hear the song as it is in the Tarantino film, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which I did, and I think I mentioned it in another cast. But um, this is Paula. Every ear is tuned, and when uh, and when uh, uh, when he, she speaks, the half a valley quakes, half a valley shakes. That's how I see God speaking through Paula. But I also see God, in this case, speaking through Marianne, and it, it absolutely undid me with the 
power of faith that we really, uh, whether we're sort of mainstream, you know, Episcopalians, Presbyterians, Lutherans, or whether we're evangelicals who focus totally on the written word, or whether we're this or that, or whether we're Catholics in the Eucharist, all of these are powerful and wonderful, important insights. But if we don't really um, believe that God can make the winds and the waves uh, move at his command, then what in the world are we? And, and therefore, I say, to, I say to me, I say to you, God bless Mary Ann Williamson and God bless Paula White. Thank you very much. smelling sweet Move up the road to the outside of town and the sound of that good gospel beat Sits a ragged tent Soft and slow 